0: Hey, welcome back. Uh, wow, it's been a minute, actually, to another exciting episode of the Dollar Menu Midcarders, uh, the free public podcast. And uh, we're about to talk with Derek Neal, but before then, we wanted to talk with you guys, just just the three of us, me, Matt, and whoever is listening. Just, that's it, just the three of us, and uh, let you know what we've been up to and why we're now back versus why we weren't back earlier.
1: Yeah, so th- uh, we're gonna have an interview today with Derek Neal. Uh, we recorded this interview before the um, uh, Gateway to Anarchy event, and it's been my guy. I think it's my. <laughs> I'd have to look. I think it's been a year since we've done a public podcast. And it's been quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much the reasoning for that is uh, a lot of it has to do with COVID. Um, We didn't do a lot of interviews during COVID, uh, because for us to do those, we kind of have to be together. And then someone has to call us and then we record it. Um, and then sometimes that can get iffy and we weren't really going around a whole bunch of people. So we weren't, we didn't get as many interviews as we'd like. Uh, so we just had, we haven't done a public podcast. We kind of ran out of things to talk about, uh, we start we have a patreon uh, at patreon.com slash anarchy STL uh, we do a weekly podcast on there and with running out of stuff to talk about and us not having shows for a long time we kind of just moved the entire podcast over to patreon so that that way the people that pay for the service uh, which tiers start as low as two bucks uh, they were still getting content into us it didn't make a whole lot of sense to just record for Patreon and then also do a public podcast talking about the same exact stuff because for a while there, there was really nothing going on. It was, uh, yeah, we're inside. Uh, I was, I was doing some part-time work at a grocery store during the pandemic at the beginning. Uh, yeah, I'm now at a retailer and got a pretty sweet promotion. So yeah. Uh, that's why there hasn't been a public podcast. Short story is it just wasn't a whole lot to talk about, so we didn't do it.
0: <laughs> well, also, a lot more work goes into non-Alton shows because we have to start the day early. We have to rent a truck. We have to go load it up, which is just five of us. Maybe Right. Five, so or, five or six. I don't, I, don't,
1: know. I don't know if we ever talked about all that on the public podcast, so no, we I, might you know repeat. What? We didn't. <laughs> Okay. right like we might we might repeat ourselves a little bit because we like i said we've still been doing patreon podcast so we don't don't know 100 percent what we've talked about publicly on here and what we've you know talked about on patreon so just to recap yeah so pretty much beginning of the pandemic we find out that spalding hall uh hall we had run in for many many years was uh closing because of the pandemic um we're not going to get into everything. Otherwise, this would be like a five-hour-long podcast. Yeah, but,
0: uh, and this is just a quick interview with Derek Neal. <laughs> we're just getting our feet back wet. Well, the,
1: the, the Neal interview goes about 30 minutes. So, yeah. uh, so you know, we tried to buy the building. Uh, we weren't able to come to terms. So we yeah. had to move our stuff out of the building, and we had to find a new place to run our events. Uh, we found the place at the Elks Lodge in Granite City. And our events were held last year, in 2021, in July, August, September, October, November. Mm-hmm. And some of those were outside and the outside ones were an undertaking of things. Plus we were selling our own concessions. So like you were just saying, the scope of running outside of Spalding Hall was massive uh it involved u-haul rentals and load-ins and then taking uh all the whole u-haul back to a garage and offloading so we didn't have time to record interviews uh when we were doing spaulding hall we would always be able to record a couple interviews either before or after the show and that was the majority of our you know public podcast content so even when the shows returned we weren't able to get those interviews because of just how much work it was um Fast forward to the end of 2021. Uh, some great people had purchased Spalding Hall, and we are now running there again. So we are back at Spalding. It's no longer called Spalding Hall. I believe the name that they are calling it is
0: Celebration Two. Or am I wrong on that? So, yeah, I think that's yeah. it.
1: Yeah, so they call it Celebration 2. We're just calling it home. Uh, Some great people have bought it, and we are now back to running events there. And with doing that, we are able to uh, get interviews again. So now we will hopefully be back more regularly on the public podcast forum. Again, though, if you just can't get enough of us, uh, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash uh, Like We talk on there every week. Uh, you get some early announcements on there. Um, if, if you're really interested, like the wrestling business and, and how I run Anarchy, I'm pretty open and forthcoming with how I run the entire business. Uh,
0: but only that's on Patreon. Thing. You got to pay for it.
1: Like, uh, they one of the things that's always been said about our podcast is that we are, you know, we're brutally honest and upfront with our fan base. So when things happen that need explanations, uh, rather it's cancellation of a talent or, uh, you know, something happening and us discussing it, it all happens on Patreon. Um, and then it's, uh, I think we give the money's worth. Uh, if you sign up at a certain levels, you get free posters, Uh, free pre-event party things of that nature so check it out Mm -hmm. and decide if you want to become a patriot
0: we would Uh, appreciate it
1: we return to home in alt Illinois on Friday night March the 4th with motivation the anarchy return of ACH Mm -hmm. tickets for that are on sale stlanarchy.com front row has gone but GA still remains um I don't think there's anything else we need to like cover before we launch into the Derek Neal interview. Uh,
0: the hall is pretty cool. You can pre-order your food. That's nice. Really? Yeah.
1: They have a really neat setup there. They use QR codes to do concessions. Uh, I I, I know we had an audio issue earlier. I I probably cut out when I was saying like, just how great the, the, the ownership there is. Like, uh, we talked about it on Patreon, like us being able to get back in there and work with these great people probably bought anarchy, you know, more time, (laughs) uh, doing the Elks Lodge. It just wasn't something that I was overly excited about. And when you've been doing this, as long as I have booking shows and running events, you have to be motivated. I have been doing this. Oh, about 20 years. Uh, And I wasn't overly excited about the Elks, which probably would have meant that we would have been wrapping things up probably this year or next, where with having having Alton back, having Spalding back, like, hell, it it bought us a whole lot more time because, like, those people are great. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a very good relationship. And, you know, the fans wanted it. And, And I still stand by what I've said. When we had to leave Spaulding, I do I believe the company itself is bigger than any one building. I believe the anarchy atmosphere, as we've dubbed it, is bigger than just, you know, Spaulding Hall. But with that said, there is something about that place that's just special and comforting. <laughs> like you walk in there and it's like, all right, yeah, this is where. This is where we're supposed to run these shows. This is where these shows should happen.
0: Well, I think we proved it when we drew like 500 plus people for those uh, Granite City shows anyway. But yeah, no, it's nice to be home, you know? That's it.
1: Right. It's just that there is something about that fucking building, and I can't put my finger on what it is, Mm -hmm. but there definitely is, and we are happy to be back in there. Um, But yeah, check out this cool interview with Derek Neal. And we will hopefully be back soon on the public podcast.
0: And if there's uh, somebody on the Anarchy roster you want to hear us talk to, like Connor would say, let us know. Hey, welcome back to another exciting episode of Dollar Menu Mid-Carters. It's Anarchy Day, and we're sitting down before the show to talk with one Derek Neal. You might know him, but we know him first. We actually met a while ago, uh, to my surprise, because I have a shit memory.
2: I want to say it was actually 2014 at uh, IWA Mid-South. Because uh, mm-hmm. you guys were a submission squad, obviously, you two. You, yeah. Pierre, Gary, and then uh, the Hooligans were coming through there. Yeah. Um, I think Herzog was new and coming in. Yeah. Was he was with
0: Jake at the time?
2: Yeah, but I, mean, I think this was a little bit before Viking War Part. Okay. It, yeah. it, it, it kind of developed into that. Yeah. Um, and
0: That's then, a while uh, ago.
2: Yeah. Who else was, uh, Lumpy was coming in, too. Oh, I remember him. Yeah. Yeah. I remember him. He lives in uh, Murfreesboro now. Like, really? He'll talk all the time. Oh, wow.
3: Yes. Yeah. See, when we have, we, good God, man. we've That's been, crazy. You've been doing this a very long time. Yeah. You're one of the few guys that work anarchy that has been doing this as long as we have. Everybody else is like, they may have like 8, 10 years in, but not like 15, 16, 17 years. Like, you're yeah. one of the few guys. Yeah, I
2: think um, actually February 22nd. 2022, like 19 years from my first match. Wow, Jesus, that's yeah. about what we are. So, uh, October, we're
3: 2003, right? Yeah, yeah I was October 23rd. Yeah. So we've been in the I was, business. Yeah, when was, was your debut?
0: Yeah. Uh, February 22nd. So you've been, and ours was what? June? October 23rd. Well,
3: no, we debuted in June. That was that real shitty, like
0: no, 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 we no. had no business. That you're, wasn't. You're October. talking XWA, right? That was October, dude. We started at the end of the year. Wow, right. oh, okay. October 23rd. So you've been in the business.
3: 10 months longer than us? 9 right. months longer. Yeah, oh, started, oh yeah. I started I
2: started training like my first training session was 2 weeks before I turned 17. Right? Wow. So who trained like we we're going to have to
3: like we always pride ourselves on the podcast that we don't ask like to, like when did you get started in the business and who trained you. But thank oh, like, God right. for the typical. Yeah, that's like, so typical. Well, right? Right. It's such typical. We, we try not to do that. Yeah. But with that said, how did you get started in the business and who trained you? <laughs> <laughs>
2: You cliche, buddy. Okay. <laughs> um, I uh, I used to like you know I went to these shows obviously when I was a kid. Um, and uh, I met my trainer, uh, Chris Michaels. Uh, okay. I we I know the name. Yeah. He, guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's yep. yeah. He's originally yeah. He's originally from. Uh, he was born in Franklin, Kentucky, but he resided in Nashville for several years. Um, he worked for Cornette and Smoky Mountain. Okay. Uh, OVW. He um, did a lot of enhancement matches. You know, WWF, yeah. WCW, um, did some work with USWA and, and TNA when they were first running the fairgrounds. Mm, wow. All right, that's how I remember Yeah, I remember if I'm right,
3: tanned up dude, long blonde hair. Yeah, there, yeah. Yep, I remember him.
2: Yeah, he he started training me, and then um, I also did train some with uh, Chase Stevens from the Nationals. Yes, okay, yep, no it with him um, too. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I would. Like, Chris would let me go work out with him, like, if it was a, if, you know, if just to get extra ring time if I wanted to, if I could make it down there. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's who I am. Chris trained me, but I would work out quite a bit with Chase also. Awesome.
3: Yeah, so you, you've done a lot of, like, the southern indies, like.
2: Yeah, like, uh, my, my, my first start, and, and uh, like, I wrestled for, like, a really, like, my first match was just, like, in a BFW hall, like, in Gallatin, Tennessee, mm-hmm. small town. And then um, once I started working more regular, it was in the Nashville area for Tony Falk. Okay. Um, and Tony is uh, Tony like has been in a lot of historical moments of the business. He actually refereed uh, Stone Cold's first match in Dallas huh. for the Von Erics. Wow. Wow. Um, you know he he did do some work with with Foley. Um, crazy. I was actually Foley was in my town, my hometown. Uh, I went to a show last week. Huh. And uh, he actually talked about Tony. He was uh, he was mixed uh, Tony and Eric Embry um, against uh, Foley. I can't remember the other guy. Who does his first Master World Class? Ever. Wow! And which is pretty cool because Eric Embry was actually there huh. at the show. Like, and he does not like really do anything business related right. anymore. Um, That's
3: I, the neat thing. Like, you know we've done some Southern Indies we did a lot of stuff in Arkansas and we did some stuff in Tennessee not the greatest promotions that we worked for and you would meet some of these guys and some of them would be not great and others would just be like older guys and as a young guy in the business sometimes I think you make the mistake of like you group all these old dudes together like oh man these guys are the shits but then like you start hearing them tell these stories and you're like man these guys while far out of their prime have so many like really cool fucking stories. They have some knowledge and, to give, right, right? right? Um
2: like I mean even in the south like you know, like I saw I worked for Tony and you know he worked a lot for Dallas. Uh, he did work for the Colones. Um he was actually in the heel dressing room the night Brody got killed. Jesus! He was in Puerto Rico. Wow. See I, like you hear those
3: story like I don't remember his name now but we when we were doing these Arkansas shows this guy would just be talking about like like he was just reliving his glory days and yeah. doing jobs for WWF. But like I just I loved hearing those stories. I mean, there's
2: like, so, there's really good ones out yeah. there. Like there's another dude like that I read, I worked with. His name was uh, Ben Jordan. He's from Tennessee. He did a lot of enhancement stuff, and he also did like global and Dallas. Mm-hmm. And uh, we ended up having a work related accident that kind of hurt his career. But he used to tell me stories about uh, Barry Horowitz. They would always do the loops together, and how. Like, everything would be cool with them. And then, like, you know, after, like, two weeks on the road, they want to fucking get out and fight each other. <laughs> was so bad. <laughs> but, uh, but, like, it's cool to hear stuff like that. Yeah, it's great. We,
3: we got the pleasure of teaming with Demolition in Kansas City. That and, is awesome. And we – Demolition is one of my favorite tag teams. Fuck you, Jason Klein. Um <laughs> Hey, and please they, don't
0: unsubscribe. They,
3: they told just these great stories about how, like, they did three one-hour broadways in one day.
2: That's like insane. they
3: did a matinee, like a noon show, yeah. opened it hour Broadway, got in uh, like a fucking helicopter or something, go to the next town, opened the, the other show hour Broadway, then jumped in a car, drove like an hour to main event the other town hour oh, Broadway and I, I'm like listening to this like my god that's
2: like, a long day at the office because like,
3: I, I, I thought I was cool because one of our last one of my last matches uh, Chikara booked me in Chicago for a noon show and then flew me to Kansas City and I worked an evening show and I thought I was, like, the coolest fucking guy. Right. Like, man, this is, <laughs> like, this is badass. I'm getting flown working two shows in one day. And you hear these stories. It's like, my God. Yeah, so I cool.
2: never got to do, like, my, my closest thing on a double shot like that. I did, like, the Superman Festival one year in Metropolis. Okay, yeah. And it was an early show. So I was able, like, to get back and, like, wrestle in my hometown like Baton Island. Which was that was pretty neat. You know? Yeah, that's you two, pretty fucking cool. Two, state, two different states one time. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, but that's like, like yeah. that's wild though. Chicago, yeah, like yeah, getting that's, on the plane. Oh, like we were the
3: old We were like match two for Chicara, and then yeah. the guys we drove with there had to like rush us to the airport. It was me and Vega, and we had to hurry up, get on the plane, go to Kansas City, and then he picked us up because we were was this them. NWL? Uh, no, this was uh, Metro, Metro Pro. Pro. Oh, They'd Metro, K- yeah, yeah NWL, okay, yeah, and uh, yeah, they, yeah, I know. Us
2: um, Pierce used to go through there a lot. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep,
3: I have a great Pierce story. Like, I used to try to get on Ring of Honor pre-shows all the time. Yeah. And uh, I was supposed to get on one once, and then he aged in one of our promos, and he really liked it. And he's like, man, you look familiar to me. And I was like, yeah, I was at Ring of Honor once. And he's like, oh, man, he remembered who I was. And he told me, he goes, come to Chicago next time. Like, uh, you'll you'll get a dark. He got fired two days later. Ah, (laughs) I never debuted, folks.
0: Uh, Hear that? (laughs) Matt's trying to... Kick me out of the team, you <laughs> son of a bitch.
2: <laughs> I darked one time for Ring of Honor. Um, 2017, is in Columbus. I did one of the seminars in Bristol before they, like, moved the dojo yeah. um, to, to Baltimore. And, um, Jay, uh, you know, uh, Jay Lethal and Kazarian, they kind of took a liking to me. Um throughout the seminar, and I got like a... It was so cool, dude. It was like, I don't... I couldn't... Uh, it was like a pinch-me kind of moment because it was a joint tour of New Japan. Oh. So, and this was 2017, so you had like Omega, you had the Bucks. You had um, uh, Kushida, Monaro wow. Suzuki, which is scary. He's so scary. <laughs> um, nice guy, but like, I, like when I shook his hand, like, I thought I was going to shit myself. I was so afraid. Of yeah, he... Uh, I... I, I we went, I went to
3: the Wrestle Max show when they had Suzuki and I felt like an idiot because myself and uh, I think I went to that show with Connor. Yeah. Me and Connor are just like walking in there, the dude walks by smoking a cigarette and I was like, oh hey, how you doing? We walk by. And then uh, he walks back in the building. I was like, "Who the fuck is that guy?" And kind of like, "That's fucking Suzuki." And I look again. I was like, "Oh fuck, it is him." I didn't even recognize. I just thought he was a guy. He was, was nice. Guy.
2: He was such a cool guy. That was the match with him and Davey, right?
3: Yeah. Oh wow, yeah. I thought that was no, that was no, no, Tankman. No, no. That was, was Tankman. Was Tank Glory Tank. yeah, yeah. Pro was Davey. It was Davey. Okay. It's actually on their YouTube. If you want to check it out, it's uh, it's a good match. So you're one of the guys, like, we're just going to kind of jump all over the place with this. Oh, like, that's fun. I had heard about you, fuck, probably three years before you actually came to Anarchy. It was Jake Durden. He's like, man, I'm having this feud with a guy, Derek Neal, and uh, I think it was the Ruby He's like, yeah. you need to bring him up. And I was like, yeah, okay. And then uh, Gary kept telling me, you got to bring this guy up, you got to bring this guy up. And then uh, some of the fans was saying, <laughs> me, you got to book this guy And it, it's weird because I'm the kind of guy that I don't just book somebody because they're good. Like, I have to have something for him. I was like, if yeah. I book this guy now, he's going to come in here. And I, if I don't really have anything, it's just going to be, well, you'll be in this or that. And There's
2: got to like, be a method to the Right. Balance. I want
3: to have something. So like, we're not just bringing a guy, especially if it's someone that I'm being told is, like, really, really good. And then we brought you in, I was like, okay, fuck, I probably should have been booking. <laughs> I probably should have been
2: booking this guy like two or three years hey, ago. Hey, I'm glad I finally got to be up here. I've been wanting to come up here for quite some time, and Yeah,
3: uh, so yeah, that was probably it was a mistake on my part. <laughs> I should,
2: hey, should have been more, quicker to it Better job. late than never? <laughs> better late than never, man. I'm here, though, so... Mm-hmm. So, where, so you do uh,
3: a lot of work for Subgraps, those places? Yeah,
2: I have for for Subgraps and um, and New South uh, Pro Wrestling out of Alabama. Um, I've done some stuff for Paradigm Pro, um, which is another Midwest. They're kind of like around the Indiana, area. yeah, area. Um, TWE in Chattanooga. Yep, um, I've been been working down there pretty regular. Uh, I did do like a little something with. Um, the Ohio, I think it's like Ohio Wrestling Alliance. They're out of like Columbus. Okay. They team with Paradigm on stuff sometimes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been doing there. Um, I've been going to you know to just started a Dynamic Wrestling Federation in Kansas Oh yeah, City. Michael Strider. Mm-hmm. So big fan of Michael Strider. Yeah, dude, he's so we, cool. We man. love him. Yeah.
3: Awesome. So Strider, let's tell some Strider story. We have some good ones. Please in the, give and as, and as you get to know him more, yeah, like the you'll you'll see. So like. Strider is the kind of guy, like, he'd come in, he had a real long run. He was one of our favorite fucking wrestlers. Like, yeah. I love Strider. And, too, he taught us just so much stuff about, like, how to wrestle the right way. Well, he had been off a while, and he'd come back, and we're all sitting in the locker room, and he's like, man, I'll tell you, I miss hanging out with the boys, you know, just sitting around telling stories, lying. It's great. <laughs> And then uh, I'm not going to mention names on this story, but there's a certain wrestler, or it's not a wrestler. Sorry, there's a there was a couple, and let's say this guy outkicked his coverage. Yeah. Well, it, it didn't last long, and, and this couple breaks up, and she's and moved on. And you know boys are talking about it, and Strider's like, you know, that's just like a guy that uh, is a double A ball player that got called up to the majors. He just needed to be thankful for another day. Of the
2: <laughs> another day of the show, <laughs> yeah. I man.
3: Like, like Michael Strider's legit, like one of my top five favorite fucking wrestlers. Like I, I wish he was still like active. Active, yeah. He, he well,
2: like, he trained with Harley, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. he, That's he what trained I with
3: Harley. He another good one is he uh, worked for Schumann in NWA Chicago. Yeah, and they brought him up. He worked with Carl Anderson. Oh, and, wow. he, and Strider was very snug, like yeah. very. So he won, We did a seminar with him once many years ago. Uh, and he knocked the guy out in the seminar. Just just a bader oh, club. Yeah, he hopped in with the bader club and knocked the dude out. So well, he beat the fuck out of Carl. Did he? And, uh And Schu- like he gets to the back and Schumann's like, "Good job, but you keep beating fucking people up like that. You're not going to get work anywhere." Like he, he beat
0: up Carl, <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: and he was just real. Heavy, it, but like he helped him and like Dingo, those guys like helped bring that style yeah to St. Louis, and, and Strider's owed a lot of credit for that. Like he, but he's such a cool guy. Like yeah, you know, he's yeah.
2: really cool. I really hit it off with of
0: him. Yeah, oh, he, he's yeah. It'll just get better and better. My, my favorite uh, Strider line is when you're cooking, cook. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we
3: would do. I worked with him all the time in NWL, we were both full-time employees there, so I seen Strider every weekend, talked to him every day on conference calls, and uh, we would do these house shows and we'd have to stick strict time limits on them, but he would get all worked up, like yeah. the matches being good, and he'd come back and I'd be like, Strider, like you went like two minutes over, he's like, I know brother, but when you're out there cooking, you gotta cook, and like,
0: you can't go over your time.
3: Like God, you like I can't I,
2: do it, man. Uh, I I remember uh, to, uh Tony uh, Falk. He always had this Iggy where he like do this, um, <laughs> like if you are starting to run over and uh he uh one time like these guys had kept going over. I mean they're like five six minutes over. He Ooh. keeps doing it like it, like he's about to rip his fucking nose off, <laughs> <laughs> just like <laughs> yanking <laughs> on his fucking nose, shit out of it, man. It was it was so funny, but now, back up. So, at-
0: Back Tony, to the day. Tony yeah.
2: loved the money box, too. Um, <laughs> I've worked with his son, LT Falk, quite a bit. And I, I remember I, I, I hit the ring and did a run-in on L.T., and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm working him over, and Tony's going to run me off. He's got, like, this axe handle thing, and he's going to run me off, right? Right. He makes sure he grabs the money box and locks it up before he in
0: the ring. <laughs> <laughs> to, to hit me with the axe. <laughs> it, it'd almost been funnier if he hit you with the money box. <laughs> oh you're gonna you risk that money
3: flying out of there. Oh, but I was, wouldn't either. So that <laughs> was great, great, man. <laughs> so you're a guy like you work, I guess what some would call an old school style, but you're able to modernize it to today's wrestling. So like, how do you feel about like the overall? Like wrestling today, I know there's a lot of old school guys that hate it. Some don't like. What do you think?
2: It's kind of a mixed bag for me. There, I mean, there are some things I do like mm-hmm. um, with the newer style. Um, there, and there are some things I hate. Right. Um, I think sometimes I, I think sometimes things look too clean. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're, I mean, if you look at any like combat sport, you know, if you look at the MMA or boxing, I mean, yeah, there's technique, but. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not always the prettiest. Right. Um, and I think whenever you have, with wrestling, with, you know, with professional wrestling, if you show, like, a real sense of struggle and and things like that throughout the match, um, I think it adds to it. Right. It no makes idea. it look more organic and it presents it as, you know, real. You yeah. know, you can suspend this. Right. And, and I
3: think that's the biggest thing. I look at it. I try to, what I try to tell people, and my, this is my personal opinion, yeah. is that, you can do anything. Absolutely. As long as you do it in a way... Then it that it makes sense. That makes sense. Like, right. that's,
2: like, with some of the bigger moves and stuff, like, I'm all for them as long as you're not, like, walking down the street five miles when you can just cross the road. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, yeah. Yep. As far as, like, wasted movement, getting yep. in, and, like, really going out of your way. Right. Like,
3: I, like, people complain about a lot, and there is a lot that sometimes we complained about, but... What makes me more mad, like, someone could do a Canadian Destroyer off the apron to the floor for all I care and it not be the finish. They could do it if they make it make sense. What yeah. I hate more, but what people don't complain about is someone that might pick someone up, body slam them, and then pick them back up and shoot them off the ropes. Yes. But, like, people don't know. Or like,
2: rake the eyes and then shoot them off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so like I used to be guilty of that, too, when I was green. Oh, man. So, like it's
3: funny because you have a lot of people who will nitpick today's wrestling but it's like even some of the people that do you're not really nitpicking the right things like, yeah. like sure some of the high spots and stuff don't make sense but like we got bigger issues out there like the, these are the There's bare basics issues. Right. <laughs> right.
2: these are the bare basics here That like I, one thing I really liked uh, as far as um, I remember I think Regal may have said this as far as like, it's actually like good to ask a non-fan how things work right Just not your
0: wife. Because my wife will shit on wrestling without knowing anything. She's like, why are they even wearing that? I'm like, you bitch. (laughs) 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 Then I sleep on the couch for two days.
3: (laughs) But you're right. like, It is good. Because to Mm -hmm. me... And this isn't a knock at all on wrestling fans, but to me, like the goal is you have to get the casual person to come in because someone that likes wrestling, they're gonna come, they're gonna show up. You're diehards are always right, good. and so like the key is getting somebody who don't really watch it to like invest in it, and that's a big thing too is emotionally in- investment. I tell people all the time, you can think of your. Do you want to do that video part yeah. uh, for Zach? oh I can I gotta finish this first okay. you, you don't have to wait for me if you need to take off and go get something to eat or whatever you can okay okay but so but if you want to wait I'll be up down here pretty soon Sorry.
0: yeah no Sorry. worries we can film it after the show too
3: so anyway um, probably my okay so you can think of your favorite action movie right? Yeah. How many times do you watch it? It's usually you watch it one time, and you're like, man, that was badass. You don't get a lot of re-watches. Yeah. But you watch a movie that you've emotionally invested in, you're going to watch that fucking thing two, three, four, five times. Right. And that's how I look at pro wrestling. Like, you can have the action stuff, all the flips and whatever you want to do, but if you don't have emotional investment in your product or your story or whoever... It's dead. People aren't going to keep coming. Yeah. They may come one or two times, but if your goal is to run years... Yeah. You have to have that emotionally Because if you got
2: the, you're right, because if you got those moves, they may, like, nothing but moves, they may show up a time or two for the spectacle. Right. But
3: then, like, what, what do you have
2: that's right. kind of hooked? Right? right. They're not
3: invested. They think it's cool. That's really yep. neat. You can go there. It's really cool, but they don't come back for years and years and years. And that is one thing I am proud of with Anarchy is we have fans that have been coming to these damn things for like 10 years. That's coming out. And Like we, we have watched some of these fans grow up and then get into business or it's hard yeah. to get into business. And yeah, that's,
0: her, Herzog's the big one. Right. Yeah, that's, literally, height-wise.
3: That's something that uh, a lot of promotions can't say. Yeah. It is one thing we're proud of. I think we how long? like 11 years. Something 2011 like Anarchy but yeah. LWA was like Eight years or seven years before that. Yeah. And here we sit.
0: Yeah. Well, it's also tough because, like, here there's like a lot. There's what I would consider three good wrestling federations, and just, and I'll just be honest, a shitload of shit feds. Yeah. Like, so if you like wrestling, you have a smorgasbord because if you don't give a shit what you see, so long as you hear that bell ring, like, there's something something every weekend for you. If you don't give a shit about quality, as long as wrestling's in the title and that's all you need, You can have something every weekend. Yeah, we
3: have a smorgasbord here. Yeah. Uh, What are we gonna talk about now? Don't
0: make fun of the fact that I used to. The word
3: smorgasbord. I like word. (laughs) I don't mind the word. (laughs) Mother. Uh, I really want to go here. We got about ten. Couple more minutes. We can go. Uh. So. Trying to think what like fans would want to know. And maybe we should have put out we were going to be recording this and get some fan questions. Yeah, we
0: literally were like, yeah, but it rings, mostly up, Let's just fucking." Yeah. Video. We
3: need to get some fucking free content out there. Yeah.
0: Oh man. What I mean? some of the favorite things you've done in wrestling? Um, that's an easy one that everybody always wants to know.
2: One that was really interesting, and it was because it was nothing like I've done before. Yeah. Um, are you guys familiar with Evansville, Indiana? Kind oh, yeah. uh, like the history there, Big Death Town, right? Yeah. So, like, um, there's a there's a company. They're they're based out of Kentucky, but they have been running the Coliseum um, for like a couple years there in Evansville. So they managed to get about I think it's about 400 people. That's like a really good house for that building because I've seen it when it's like shit, like 50. Right. You know? Um And I worked with Boogeyman. Oh. Okay. And it was one of the most um, it was like nothing I've never done before. It was like it was like a live action nightmare. That's huh. exactly what it was. <laughs> like it never in my life had like he was really meticulous about cleaning the worms, like rinse like they didn't have a speck of dirt on them, dude. Oh, that's like good. I mean, like he was like really like business about that. Super nice guy. But it's like we go out he goes out there Throwing the worms The fans scatter You know He does the clock I mean He did the whole thing huh. And then uh, When they're doing The ring introductions I can hear stuff Smacking my jacket Well the fans come back And they're picking up The worms Oh i they not hitting me with it Like i never like Wow It was crazy dude Like I uh, The match is out there On YouTube somewhere But like We had that crowd by the balls, man. And I think maybe I took two bumps the entire match, and he took like one, you know, like or one or two himself. And that was it. (laughs) uh, I didn't let him put the worms in my mouth. I let him drop them on my face. Yeah, yeah, I I couldn't do the mouth thing. I like I ripped a four year old child from mom's arms and used them as a human shield. <laughs> the of the we used to do a spot with kids <laughs> where we
3: would uh, grab a kid and use them on the well, It was
2: something they'll never forget. We, like, uh, that's a memory that they'll have forever. I think
3: we got yeah. fired from a promotion in North Dakota because we did the kids spot. Yeah. Uh, what did we night one? No, no. Night one we were heels and we just kept saying we hate kids. We hate kids. So night two, we legitimately had like 30 kids jump in the ring and just beat us up, and we got pinned.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so the, me and Gary also
3: got to do the white boy challenge with Rodney Mack for a promotion in that Fort Worth. Yeah. Where it was me and Gary versus Rodney Mack, and he was a pleasure to work with. He was, I've always
2: yeah, heard good things about yeah, Rodney. He, uh, yeah.
3: he came up to us, he's like, what do you guys want to do? And we just jokingly were
2: like, I don't know, nothing. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I like you guys. <laughs> we were good. Um, another cool one I thought um, I did. Uh, I mean, he was much older in his age, but I, I did get to wrestle Gypsy Joe in like '09. Oh wow, which is pretty good. really. That's, yeah, that's tight. like. I mean, you know, he was like, you know, he had like he was a pioneer of hardcore wrestling in Japan. Yep. Um, it, there's a, it was going around for a little bit, but he wrestled Flair in '81 for the world's title in like West Virginia, like the small NWA affiliate there. Jeez. And I didn't realize this until I watched the. I went back and watched the match, and that's just because Foley talked about it a little bit. He was the referee of the first, of uh, Cactus Jack's opening round match of the King of the Death matches in '95. Huh, wow! Joe ref him. Uh, it was it was uh, Cactus against Terry Gordy. Terry Gordy of all people. Right? It's on YouTube, but Joe ref ref the match. Like right? it was pretty wild. That's awesome. But like I got to you know work with him and learn from him. and uh, and then I also learned from another guy. Like he was uh, Corsica Joe. Like he was more back in the fifties in the NWA, but he used to come hang out at Tony's uh, shows all the time. You know, that's learned from him quite a bit. We um, yeah, I mean, didn't,
3: didn't have any like I've been very lucky. For we were not like we didn't have like you know all of our old timers around here are, like. Shit, like honestly, it's like they're not guys that have like these great runs. I mean, there's a few, there's a guy, Gary Jackson, that he, he had a run, like he did some WWF stuff, but like, yeah, he's no, cool, and he, right. he's a cool, guys. So, I don't want to say everybody, but a lot of them are like those, you know, 10 mile warriors. Like, we, we didn't get like getting to work with like seasoned guys like that, and he like we had to go out and do that. I had, and, yeah, I had to get out of here, yeah, and, but we gotta get ready to uh, roll tonight appreciate you sitting down with us yeah yeah we'll, no we'll do this again all
0: right yeah sure. next time we'll let people ask questions <laughs> all right guys thanks for joining us and uh, we hope to see more of these and uh, if you if there's anybody on the roster you want to hear from let us know. God I miss you Connor all right see you guys hey and there it is that's uh that's the interview welcome back and uh, I hope you enjoyed it.
1: Yep, quick plugs, and we're going to wrap this up. Uh, Anarchy returns on Friday night, March the 4th at home in Alton, Illinois, for motivation. Tickets are on sale at stlanarchy.com. Front row's gone, GA still remains. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter, at stlanarchy. I do have about nine beanies left. Uh, If you want an Anarchy beanie, drop us a DM, and I can make that happen for you. Um, and last but not least, if you enjoy the podcast, you want to hear us banter back and forth, we do have a Patreon. Tier start as low as two bucks. That's Patreon dot com slash Anarchy
0: FTL. And that's all I got. Cool. All right, guys. If there's again, if there's anybody on the Anarchy roster you want to see us talk to, just let us know, and we'll see you next time.